0: Uh so Elijah, how did uh, how much did you made on your first uh, wholesale deal, bro? Uh
1: first one was twenty-five thousand.
0: Twenty-five G's and uh, what resource source did it come from?
1: It came from a tax delinquent list.
0: Tax delinquent boom! What up, what up, wholesale to million family? Um today is Wednesday. So happy Wednesday. I got a special guest, you guys, subscriber first wholesale deal interview. So before I hand it over to Elijah. To have him share with you guys his stories, how he got his first wholesale deal. Now, for those of you who recently closed your first wholesale deal, drop me an email, all right? Show me the picture of the checks, man. Show me the money to verify you, all right? Email it over to wholesale2millions at gmail.com. Love to bring you onto the show so you can share with everybody your stories and everything like that. Okay. Now, for those of you who um, uh, who was uh, curious about my no- uh, December web class i am going to do another one which is december 21st all right it's another 2k web class exclusively for 20 people it's $2000 per person or per couple where i spend a whole entire day with you on that day i'll give you all the tips all the tools all the strategies all the company all the systems the king kong script is included the lawn supermarketing blueprint print is included there is no upsell or anything like that on that day i'll give you everything that you need Right, I'll help you come up with an action plan, a marketing plan, whatever your marketing budget is. It's for those of you who are starting out, trying to get your first deal, or maybe you're trying to scale your business up and to get to the next level. I hope you dissect your market. I hope you analyze another market. If you want to go virtually, I'll, I'll give you everything that you need, man, to start and to crush it. Okay. So if that's you I'm talking to, then shoot an email over to wholesale 2 millionsgmailcom at gmail.com. Here's one thing I can tell you, man. Is that you cannot do the same thing and expect to get a different results. You see, if you don't want this holiday to be the same as the next one, dude, you got to take some time aside, invest in yourself, invest in your business and take massive action. I'll give you the info, the knowledge, everything that you need, because I am the missing link to whatever you're trying to figure out. Okay. But you have to put in the work. So anyways, you guys put your hand, put your thumbs together and help me welcome Elijah. What's going on, bro?
1: I'm doing well, sir. It's an honor to be here. I can't believe it.
0: <laughs> dude, welcome. And first of all, I want to say congrats, dude. 25 Gs, bro. Come on, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of dough, dude.
1: Yeah, man. It's still, it's still a little surreal. But yeah, yeah, It's it, it, that's, it's that's what happened. Here we are. After all that grinding and hustling, finally got a check.
0: I hear you, man. So, dude, um, tell... Tell uh tell us your story, man. Love to hear it.
1: Yeah, so I discovered the wholesaling uh about May of 2018. Um through YouTube. I was just uh on YouTube, uh my wife and I were getting ready to finish um our journey of paying off all our consumer debt. We spent like 34 months doing nothing but paying off our debt. So as we're getting to the end of that of that journey, I really started thinking like you know, what's going to be next? And then once we're done, I really want to start investing. And I've always loved real estate. I was actually thinking of getting my license. And I just started researching on YouTube, came across Max Maxwell interviewing Brian Irigbu. Yeah. Brian is my guy now, actually. It's crazy how the old circle have come around. But um, I saw that interview, this guy making six figures as a part-time wholesaler. And I'd never heard of the word wholesaler in my life. But I'm like, this real estate. And this guy is doing it part-time, working all these hours. Um, and I'm like, I want to know more about it. So for the next like 36 hours, I was just binge watching YouTube videos. Like it was a whole new world opened up to me. I'd never heard of this term wholesaling in my life. Researched and I was like, whoa. Um, and my biggest takeaway from, from all that, um, video watching Kong was I could tell that people that were successful was just based on hustle. You know, it was a, it was a hustler's niche. You know, you can make a whole bunch of money if you're ready to hustle. And I'm telling you, I don't know a lot of people that can hustle more than me. So I told myself, I'm like, well, let's do it. If that's all it takes for me to be successful, I can hustle. So the next day I got on Craigslist and I decided to call in, uh, for sale by owners. You know, That's one thing I took pride in was just taking action. I didn't really know how to talk, but I decided to call in for sale by owners. Hey, do you, I saw you have a house for sale. Do you, <laughs> you want to sell it to me? And I didn't know what I was doing. But the crazy thing is I found like a free script online. And, like, the second person I talked to, they really, like, they were fitting the script. And I'm like, this sounds like it could work. Like, it was going kind of according to plan. So I didn't get a deal, of course, but I just kind of let me realize that it could be real. So fast forward to October 2018, I went to We Live 18 mm-hmm. And at that point, I was kind of making calls on my own, you know, you know using free websites, to, you know, to find numbers. But I would single hand dial, you know. I would go on, on a free website, twopeoplesearch.com, and single dial, and I was working hard because I was hungry, but I wasn't working smart at all, you know, and then uh, we WeLive18 is where I met who would become kind of my unofficial mentor, uh, Willie Coleman, I don't know if you know him, but the 18-year-old stud, you've probably seen him online at some point, but he's an 18-year-old dude that is killing it, he's done over a million in assignment fees now, but I met him there and he was telling me, you got to start working a lot, a lot smarter. Right now you're working way too hard to not have results. And he's like, you know, you got to get mojo. You got to start, you know, finding ways to be smart. So from there I still went a year of just being consistent without a deal, a year without a deal, but I was calling consistently. I'm doing three hours a day. Um, And then fast forward to May, 2019 is when I really Started telling myself that I feel like I'm not doing enough you know I, I feel like I'm doing a lot but I feel like I'm not doing enough but I was still being consistent the best that I could and so I started watching more videos and I started learning that you have to do at least about three hours consistently you know to really see if you can get some better results so at the beginning of May so May 1st I told myself May 2019 I told myself I said I have to no matter what do three hours of cold call in a day six days a week, three hours a day, no matter what. After work, I still have a full-time nine to five. After work, I have to go home, I have to do three hours of dialing. And my wife knows this, like when we before dinner, I, she knows that once it's time, I gotta go. Um, and so that's that's when May 2019 is when I started really making sure that religiously, I was doing three hours every single day. So then like two weeks into doing that routinely, you know, I, you know, I'm cold calling and I talked to, I talked to this lady and I've talked to so many people at this point, Kong, that Mm -hmm. almost instantly I knew it was a deal just because i talked to so many people at that point, like, like 10 seconds into the conversation. Mm -hmm. Like I could already tell it was going to be going somewhere. Um, So we talked, you know, started building rapport, try to figure out what her pain points were. You know, she bought, she's from the Philippines. They bought when the, when the market was down, they bought it for super cheap. And she was just ready to sell it, get rid of it for cash. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into the details of that deal right now or, or.
0: No, man. So, uh, uh, basically Elijah, just, uh, just, uh, just your story and then, uh, leading into your first wholesale deal, bro. So okay. is, that, is that, is that your first wholesale deal story?
1: well that's that's what led up to it, and uh, I can tell you now about kind of how the how the first wholesale deal went about Okay. Like. yeah so so that was the call you know I, I I started calling that day and started talking to this lady she was she was pretty motivated. she had this property that she had bought um you know when the market was down, and she said, "I want to get rid of it, you know um, you know ask her how much is she' looking for. She said she wanted 120. Which was way higher than what I know I needed to be for it to be a wholesale deal, but you know I know I was going on every appointment because I've heard from all the podcasts and all the videos that never rule out someone over the phone just because they're asking for you know more than you think they need to the price need to be. So the price was high at 120, but she was motivated. She said she was flexible. I got the commitment over the phone um, that if I come over. And we talked through the numbers. Are you actually ready to do this? Because I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. She said, yeah, of course. You know, come over and we'll talk through it. And so I knew she was flexible. So driving up to her house, I, I told myself I have to get her to about 100000 By the time we're done with this, for this to make sense, I have to have this property at about 100000 So we started talking. I walk into the house and I met her. We built more rapport and we're walking around the house. You know, this house was perfectly fine you know it it, you know it needed just a few updates i kept asking her you don't want to list it on the market you know are you sure you don't want to list it on the market you know why why go through a cash offer and she said yes i don't i don't want to list it because they told me i have to fix some things and i don't want to do that so i asked her how much do you want for it well she's like well you tell me because you're the expert and i'm like shoot because i know you're not supposed to you're not supposed to drop the first number so you know i look around and I just. I knew I had to lowball her, and I just said, Well, honestly, I'm thinking probably we have to be around like 80,000. And I was waiting for her to like kick me out, to tell me to get out, you know? And she was like, Well, and when she had that reaction, I was so shocked. Like she was thinking about it. I was like, Wait, is this lady really considering 80,000 for this house that she said she wanted $124,000? And she was like, well, you know, can you can you come up a little more than that? I said, well, where, you know, where are you thinking? They said, well, how far can you come up? I said, well, you let me know where you, where you need to be. And she said, well, can you do, can you do, uh, what was her price? I think she said 90. Um, and, you know, we negotiated a little bit and we kind of, we landed at, I think we finished, yeah, we finished at 90. I'm trying to remember the math because it's been a few months, sorry. Um, what was it? So I assigned for, for mm-hmm. yeah, so actually we, we finished at 87 is what we end up finishing at, 87. So she, I think I, I offered her, I must ask her like 80, she wanted 90 and then we finished in the middle at 87. So that was our agreed upon price, which, I mean, I knew almost instantly that it was a deal. So from there, my wife, she, you know, we both went to the appointment. Um, I got in the car. (laughs) We went to Ikea. We had to go to Ikea to go return some stuff. And once I got to Ikea, I blasted six of my cash buyers that I knew were serious. Just six of them. I just sent them a text with the property address, the photos, and I said, you know, Here's here's this property. I want to sign it for uh for 105. I blasted it out for it at 105. And I knew these guys were serious because you know I had a couple of deals that I fell through. Um, a couple of them were because the price was too high. Others was because of title issues. But I already vetted this cash buyers that I knew that they were pretty serious cash buyers. So with six of them. One of them texted me right away saying, Hey, I I need to know him about this deal. The other one picked up the phone and he called me. He was like, hey, I want this house. I never buy a house unseen, but this one I know I want it, like, now. I was like, whoa, <laughs> it sounds like I got a deal. So he was like, when can I get in there? Um, so it was owner-occupied, so I had to be kind of cautious with the owners because I didn't want to have to have a whole bunch of people going through there. So I said, let's go there tomorrow. Um, we went in there the next day. He did a very simple five-minute walkthrough. He just went to look at a couple things. And he was like, yep, I'll take it. So it was raining. So we go in his car and he said, I'll take it. Here's the assignment or here's the EMD. And I was like, "Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, well, wait a minute. I was like, I took your offer or I took your call, but I have all the people calling me for this property still. But I'm prioritizing you. So how much can you come up <laughs> for me to tell everyone else that the deal is dead? I'm telling the, the, the buyer this. And uh, he said, well, I thought we already agreed on the price. I said, no, I, I put in there that is our best offer. So we're here right now, how much can you come up? And he came up a little bit and I said, what's the best you can do? And eventually he finished that 112.50 uh, is what we agreed on. So we shook hands, we brought it to the title company, and literally in four days, we're at the closing table and, and I closed my first deal and l- literally four days of me getting under contract to be in the title company and, um, and getting a check. So that's how the first deal went down.
0: Boom. Wow. Hold on a second, bro. So you got to lock up on the contract for 87. You sent it out for 105. So initially you wanted to make about 18K. Right. And you sat in the car with a buyer, negotiate with the buyer. Now my question to you is that when the buyer sits in the car or whatever you guys talk after he walks the property, how did okay, you said, Okay, well, you know what? Where do you know, I like for like for me to, to tell all the other buyer it's done, like you need to come up on price and let me know what's the best you can do. So when you asked him that first question, did he automatically say "112,5?" or how did it arrive at the one, uh, 112? That's what I want to know.:
1: So he did not. So you went it went from 105 to I think like, one, I think 108 or 110, and I just treated him the same way that I did my sellers, you know, because I knew it was a hot deal for everyone to have called me back that fast. And I never give him a price, I just told him what's the best you can do. And he gave me, you know, his first price. We talked a little bit, talked some more about other things. And I said, you know, I mean, is that the best you can do? The same way I would tell a seller. <laughs> you know, I said, What's the best you can do? But I was also being cautious because I, I didn't want to get like, you know, not arrogant, but I didn't want to make him think I was just playing games. Right. And eventually he just made it he made it clear that one twelve five is the best I can do. He's gonna take it or leave it. And um you know, just what what what's your what, it's it's your call. And at that point, he had came up enough that I said, you know what, that's that's pretty good.
0: Gotcha, bro. Okay, so hold on a second. So now, what's the ARV?
1: ARV, I had it at at about one eighty, just because uh, a property next door was, you know, they had sold for I think a little less than that, but it was in a little rougher shape than this one.
0: Okay, so ARV is one eighty. What's what's the rehab cost? I mean, I
1: had it at about 15, I had it at 15, 20, 15K to 20K just because to me it was, I mean, it was cosmetic. I mean, that was my first time getting a deal, but it was cosmetic to me that I thought it was pretty minor. Um, But the biggest motivation for that buyer was he had another property down the street that was a rental property for him. So I think that plays a lot of factor into him wanting to you know, he was telling me like, this is great because I literally, am going to have two properties on the same block that is less, you know, less of a hassle to check on both of them. So, um, but I had repair at about 15, maybe 20 K of just, you know, touch up and carpet pains and, and other minor things.
0: Gotcha. So now Elijah, so this buy here, was, he, was he going to flip it or is he going to keep it as a rental?
1: It was going to do as a rental or, or, or a, a cash out refi but for sure he was not going to, it was not going to flip it, but cash out refi was his game plan, which makes sense. Why to me, he probably wasn't going to pay more than maybe others would have.
0: Yep. Okay, good. Um, see the thing is I got to ask all all these questions for those of you who, who's listening and you'll be like, well, the number doesn't even make sense. So, so that's why it makes sense because now, because this buyer is going to keep it as a rental. How much can, um, how much can you rent this property out for?
1: Like, uh, upwards of 1,500,
0: 1,500. Correct. Okay. Now this, this, this property is in an A, B, C, D neighborhood. What kind of neighborhood is this man?
1: It wasn't on the nicer part of town. I would say, I mean, not less than B I would say B, B plus.
0: Okay. So it's a B, B, B plus. Okay. So, so now in this area, Elijah, does buyer buy it at a 1% rule, man?
1: That's one thing I've came to learn. Before before this, I was just doing, you know, ARV times family minus repair. And that's it. Like, I have to go through that. If it's not, it's not a deal. And man, I'm already looking back, like, I've probably lost a lot of possibilities because yep. I have buyers now because I've done I've done a few deals since then. I have buyers that will buy at 1%. I have buyers that they'll use 1%. Some of them they don't even do formula. They just say, can I make 30K from this deal? And how much work will it take to make 30K? <laughs> they're not worried about, like, I have some, I have some buyers that they're not worried about doing calculations. They just look at it and say, okay, it's going to cost me 15 K. I have a crew. They can do that in a week. If I can make 30 K, I don't care. So I have just all kind of mixed, mixed, uh, different buyers now.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, uh, same here, bro. I mean, you know, l- see the things when you first start out, yes, you're going to look, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. That's where experience comes in, right? That's where experience comes in and the more experience you get, right. And the more of this that you do, you start to understand and you start to see opportunities in deals that newbies or people that are getting into the business that don't know about. And that's why the long-term people are able to get much more deals on the contract is because they, they're able to see the opportunities and also to their uh, their pool of cash buyer is larger. So at this one, dude, um, I mean, at this one, you you can, I mean, obviously at a 1% rule, man, it seems like you can probably make even more than... You know then i mean a little bit more than uh the 112. so i and and then just to touch base on what elijah just said there are there are buyers so that's why you got to constantly continue to building and growing your cash buyer because some buyers don't look at it like what we look at it where we were taught oh minus 30 percent right that that 30 percent discount and just like you man i passed on a lot of opportunities when i first started because anything that doesn't fit the 30% rules, I'll just pass it on. But now we have buyers that's okay with 25% discount, 20% discount. I also have buyers that just like you, man, that just like, okay, you know what? If I spend 30 days and I make 15K, I'm happy, you know? So they're not worried about percentage. They they just look at how much they put in, how much time. And then if they walk away with X amount, you, typically these are, you know, like the contractor, right? The GC, that That already makes you know maybe a hundred thousand a year, and now if they can do their own little flip and they make an extra you know fifteen or twenty thousand, uh, and they're happy with it. But to find those, you got to continue growing your uh, your network and for me, and I'm gonna ask you too, man, for me, those kind of buyers coming from networking with realtors. So I want to ask you, man, where do you find your buyers, Elijah?
1: Um, I just started building a relationship with realtors, but initially, um investor facebook groups were were pretty good to me mm-hmm. um craigslist was pretty good um this cash buyer i found him i think through craigslist i think it was from my earlier uh earlier deal that i had on the contract that fell through but he saw on on craigslist and um and he reached out to me so we had a good conversation he was pretty serious about it i you know i said all those contacts that sound pretty serious but facebook craigslist now i'll use like propstream to see we know which cash buyers have bought, you know, around that around that property. But I would say Facebook and Craigslist are pretty much my my top to go and, and networking. You know, networking. You start hearing about people that, that are pretty, you know, pretty consistently buying in the area.
0: Right. Gotcha, man. So um, how uh, and what's the earnest money that you had down with the seller?
1: I had three thousand refundable and I told him before he showed up. I wait, said, wait, By wait, the wait, way, wait, wait, no, no, like no,
0: I, no, no. Wait, wait, no, man. With the seller. With the seller.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I did ten dollars on my on my purchase agreement. I, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you met with the buyer. No, no, man. no problem.
0: <laughs> so ten ten dollars the earnest money with the seller, and uh, three thousand on the buyer's end.
1: Yep, I told him you know before he showed up. I said, hey, I'm not gonna have a bunch of people walking through here. If you're serious, make sure you come with your check in hand. And uh, it was three thousand, and he showed me before we even walked through the property that if I like it, we'll sign the papers right now.
0: Gotcha, bro. Okay. So for those of you who's listening and said, Hey, you know what? Craigslist, a lot of tire kickers could be scammers and all of that. Cause we kind of know how Craigslist is. Now, how do you, I think people are going to enjoy this, bro. How do you verify your cash buyer? When you get on the phone with your cash buyer for the first time, what are some questions you ask them to verify if they're legit or too quick? <laughs>
1: that's, that's a great point. And Craigslist is kind of a, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> too legit, too quick.
0: Too legit. Is too legit of... to quit. Too legit to quit? Come on, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Are they too legit to quit, bro? Okay. So let us know, dude.
1: I was on, by the way, I was on the on the thing with you and your wife a couple of days ago, and she was ready to, to smack that <laughs> thing out of your hand. Oh, was, yeah, man. <laughs> No, Craigslist has pros and cons. I mean, Craigslist does come with the folks that are pretending there are other wholesalers that are posing as cash buyers, which I never understood that. You know, why not just tell me that you're a wholesaler? Maybe we can do a business together. But when I have someone reach out to me and they see a property and they say they're interested, I have some very, very straightforward questions that I ask them. First of all, I ask them, what kind of properties are you looking to buy? Tell me about the properties that you actually look to buy. Do you like to, do you like to, do major rehab or do you like to do light rehab you know are you just looking for a quick flip or do you take on gut jobs so tell me what kind of what kind of what kind of uh properties you like to flip tell me what area are you buying right what are your what are your hottest zip codes if i bring you a property at this zip code that you would jump all over right um um, what else do i ask them um tell me i'll ask them when's the the last time you closed What, what was the last property you closed on and where you know where was it because I, I wanna see what kind of what kind of job you did. And if if you're someone that is posing to be a cash buyer, you, you're gonna start stuttering at that point, you know, cause, cause you never bought a property. So I'll ask them, you know, what where you bought last. Um, the same way Max taught us at We Live 18, the last question I always ask my cash buyers to bet them is, if you found out I got this property under contract for a dollar, right? If you find out I got this property under contract for a dollar, and I'm assigning to you for 100, thousand dollars do you care how much i make that's the very last question i ask all of them because if you're counting my pockets and and you're wondering why i'm making this much money we will never do business together because i you know you should never never care how much i'm making um from all the hustles and all the work that i do but those are kind of the main basic questions that i ask the cash buyer to to vet them if they're legit or not to make sure that they're legit they're too legit to
0: quit <laughs> make sure that they're legit legit that they're not going to quit on you. That's right man so okay so okay man great Th- those are some great questions so now when you assign it, and I know people are gonna ask this so is twenty five thousand is twenty five thousand in your is twenty five thousand in in your market is it pretty like a, a average assignment fee or is that above a normal assignment fee
1: um definitely above because since then i've done I've done some small ones I've not got a you know, I've not gone up to 25 K yet. I've been close, but it sounds like it was more than what most people were doing here. Okay. Um, um, yeah, most people, most people are kind of averaging the typical five ten K. You might be the same sometimes, but five ten is kind of, sounds like the average, um, in my market.
0: Gotcha, bro. So five to 10 K average in your market. So tell me what's the ARV, uh, go for, for a three bedroom, two bath in your market.
1: Well that all depends on the area. I mean we have, you know, I'm in I'm in the twin cities. I'm in Minnesota and we have places like Minnetonka that are one million plus houses and then yeah. you can go to North Minneapolis where you can get a duplex for $165,000. No, so, no, no,
0: no, no, no. I, I, I mean like I, I I'm talking about the market that you just mentioned, people get an average of ten to five to ten K. What's the ARV like?
1: Um, I would say maybe two two hundred two fifty.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So, so the one that you got, the, the one that you made 25 K on, that's the market that you, that's the market uh that you're kind of working. The ARV is around the 200. So.
1: Yeah. So are you talking like the neighborhood specifically or like the city that I'm, that I'm, that I'm focused on? Cause I, I only do, I only do deals in my city that I live in. Yep. I want to make sure I'm understanding you.
0: Uh, That's what I want to know, dude. I want to know the deal that you you're working on in your city or the city that you're wholesaling in. What's the ARV? Okay, like?
1: yeah, yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I, I would say anywhere between 200 and 250 on average. It's kind of average ARVs.
0: Gotcha, bro. So 200 to 250, okay, man, 200 to 250 ARV, bro, your, your average assignment fee, bro, I think you can get up to that 15K. See, five, five to 10K to me is probably the market that you can buy a duplex like, for like 50K, you, uh, you, or you can buy a house for like 5,000 bucks right? And then fix it up and, and whatever, right? The ARV is roughly right around a hundred thousand or so. Right. And, the, and that's where you get the five to 10,000, um, you know, assignment. But to me in that two to two fifty price range, dude, I think an average assignment fee, it depends on how you negotiate obviously. And, uh, the seller motivation, but I think that average size should be like, you can get up to that 15 or so, but anyways, dude, so this one, 25 K you got a 3,000 non-refundable from the buyers and it closed in four days, four day closing?
1: Four days.
0: Nice bro. Got it. So now the next question I'm going to ask you is that when you assign it to your buyer, does your buyer know how much you make off the bat?
1: Not off the bat because I was kind of nervous. He kept reassuring me that he doesn't care how much I made. but. I, when he signed the assignment contract, before he signed, it, he was like, well, I don't know what I'm being assigned. So can I see the original purchase agreement? So I actually, I crossed off the dollar amount that I have the property on the contract for mm-hmm. because I didn't want him to see how much I had it on the contract. I knew he would see it before he signed, you know, the closing papers. But I was just nervous that if he signed right now, maybe he would back out. But he kept reassuring me that he didn't care. So he didn't know until like pretty much the closing day how much I was going to be making.
0: Okay. Okay. So let me ask, let me ask this question just to reassure everyone that's listening. Now, the reason why I point out, um, Elijah said that his ARV market is two to two fifty. The reason why I point out that you can get an average assignment fee up to 15,000, because some of you are new into the game and some of your, some of the buyers, some of these people are trying to play you and they set, you, they set a price for you, how much you should make. Dude, it's you can make whatever you want to make, as long as the number makes sense for them. So if 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 your buyer said you know typical assignment fee in this area you know people make between five to ten thousand and you're making fifteen dude that's a lot dude that's BS, okay? So don't 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 let your buyer trying to play you and dictate, right? How much you should make? You don't tell them how much they should make on their rehab. Why should they tell you how much you should make or allow to make? That doesn't even make sense, okay? So so that's why when it comes to working with buyers, it's very very important. So I'm gonna ask you this question, Elijah. So on your assignment fee, I I, so listen, those of you who don't understand this, most of your buyer, before they sign the assignment agreement, it's normal for them to ask to see the purchase and sell agreement between you and the seller. The reason why is because now they step in your shoes, they're gonna buy the property, so they need to know what they're responsible for. So whatever that is that you agree with the seller, maybe they don't agree with it, and all of a sudden they sign the assignment agreement, Now they're taking over everything that you and the seller discussed about, right? So that's why they asked to see it to make sure that they agree to the original purchase and sale agreement with you and the seller. So I'm telling you, it is completely normal for a buyer to ask you that, okay? But what you want to do is just like what Elijah just did. You want to block out the seller phone number, email, because you don't want them to get in contact with the seller, and you block out the purchase price. I also black out the closing date. The reason why I black out the closing date with the seller, because I don't want the buyer to be like, hey, well, dude, you have 60 days on this. Why you're in such a rush, dude? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they'll be like, well, why are you in such a rush? I mean, could, you know, they can close in 10 days. But when they see that, they'll be like, you know what, man, I got another property closing. Da-na-na-na. Like, they're going to try to play all this with you and say, hey, you know what, May, can, can, dude, I'm still going to close on it. But can we do it for 20 days? Can we do it for 30 days? Because they see that you have it for 60 days or 90 days dude i tie probably up for 90 days or even longer so you don't you want to black that out okay so because you want dude. the goal is to get the buyer to close as quickly as possible because those of you who are in this business and you do this you understand until the check's the money is in your hand dude nothing is for real nothing is a done deal anything can happen okay so that's what i would black out now i want to know this elijah so when you set up the assignment agreement with your buyer, how do you not let, like, so how did the buyer not see how much you made? Because sh- shouldn't it say, um, you, like you make X amount on there?
1: I've seen that the way that my assignment uh, contract was is, is the purchase, is what he is buying it for. Not showing original plus assignments and now here's a total amount, which I've seen a lot of that version. Mine just says that he is, I'm assigning my original purchase agreement to this buyer for a total amount of this. Does that make sense? So that's, that's just the way mine reads. It doesn't, it doesn't say original minus or, you know, plus assignment for this total amount. It just says one number and that's how much he's buying it from including my assignment fee.
0: Gotcha, bro. Well, that's, that's exactly how our contracts set up as well. Now here's my next question for you, bro. Is that, so it doesn't say your total assignment it just say how much he purchases for right so he's buying it for 112 let's just let, let's just make it even so we, so the buyer's gonna buy it for 112. so at the time of, so you're so you're saying your title company your attorney will close on it just with the purchase price where it doesn't on the assignment agreement it doesn't say how, how much the assignment fee is or do you have to now drop like another an addendum to say to actually spell out how how much the assignment fee is
1: no because they have the purchase agreement I mean that's the first thing I bring to them is the purchase agreement so they know how much I have it on the contract for Mm. with you know with uh the 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 seller so that's the first thing I brought to them was that and then when they get that assignment fee I mean they see what the difference is and Mm. they'll take out any you know anything that the seller has that that needs to be uh, that needs to come out of the seller's proceeds. So the, I mean, that's what the title company is there for. You know, they they're gonna they're gonna do all that split themselves, right? So there's a mortgage on the house. Part of the you know seller's proceeds is gonna go to that amount. Here's how much the buyer is buying it from. Here's what you know the wholesalers is in and they're gonna do their math themselves. And I confirm that. I mean, they're before before closing, they they're gonna send me the HUD to say, here's what we're gonna be signing. Are you okay with that? Which is gonna include my assignment fee. So the title company they do all. They do they do all the splitting of what needs to go where, if that makes sense.
0: Yep, gotcha, bro. So yeah, so basically you you take the purchase and sale agreement send it to the title company, and then you get the assignment agreement between you and the buyer. The buyer's going to buy for one twelve, so the difference between the eighty seven and the one twelve, right? Whatever the difference is, that goes to you, and the title company gets to take care of all that. Now I want to tell you guys that every title company or attorney operates a little bit differently. So for us, our purchase, our assignment agreement doesn't say what our assignment fee is, but before we close on it, we need to tell, we need an addendum that the buyer needs to, uh, that the buyers need to sign on what the assignment fee is. So that's, so that's why I asked Elijah that question because his, his title company is cool with it saying, Hey, they'll work out the difference, whatever it is. That's perfect. Right. That, I mean, that's, that, that's just perfect. But in our case, my, my uh, title company wants to, to see the total assignment fee um, on it, and that's why I asked you that question. So for those of you who get to the title company and they said they can't do this, they can't do that, well, a lot of times they don't know what they're doing. Because I, I get people asking me, so well, my title company said, I, well, they can't d- double close. My title company said, well, you know, that the assignment fees, the seller also needs to see it. That means you, you haven't found the right title company or the attorney to actually do this for you. So you need to continue to find the right one, okay? <clears throat> so um, I think, dude, I think, that's, I think that's pretty much it. So you guys, I think we got that cover. If you guys have any questions, comment below. And also too, is if this video adds any value to you, please show my guests some love, smash the thumbs up, and give this video a share, man. Love to get more people onto the channel. So now, Elijah, um, how do people connect with you, man?
1: Um, Instagram. I live on Instagram. I have a DJ side of me, and that's what I use it for. But now I post a lot of my real estate content on there. Uh, My Instagram name is DJ B A N K E. DJ B A N K E. So Instagram. I've I've DMed Kong like three times. I was like, Hey,
0: I gotta get on your, gotta get on your interview, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, so I get a lot. A, I is, mean, a, is a go-to. I mean, I got a lot of uh, DM, so. <laughs>
1: Right. No I, no, I totally understand. I understand. So okay. now,
0: Elijah, for those that are starting out, man, obviously 25000 dude, it's a large amount. So they're, they're trying to get their first deal, man. What kind of tips, feedback can you give to them, dude?
1: Um, the first thing I would say, you can watch all the videos in the world, and I think it's good to understand what it is that you're trying to do, but it's not going to make any difference until you've actually taken action. And I know it sounds like a broken record, but you have to take action and actually start doing stuff part of the thing that I did, Kong, is when I found out about your channel and I found out about those Friday calls. <laughs> I gotta confess to you, we've talked before. <laughs> More oh. than once, actually. <laughs> More really than once on those calls. I know, and I know it's against uh, the, you're the cheater, rules, bro. but- Oh, <laughs> you're Where I'm going with this is, when you have something like that, someone like Kong that's willing to take out time on this Friday, which is like the weekend has started, and is willing to get on the call with you and give you that's free coaching. That's the way I looked at it. I'm like, I don't care if people can hear me messing up. Like, that's free coaching. So I got on and you gave me like a like an eight. And but I wrote down all the notes that you were set from that call of here's what I would do, the Elijah, here's where I think you should sound like this. Here's I took that and the next day that I started calling, I would implement that, right? Because to me that's just that's free knowledge. So you can you can sit down and watch all the YouTube videos you want but you have to get out and actually start taking action and start doing something about it. And you will be so surprised if you stay the course, since my first deal in May and I'm getting ready to close deal number six now. And I never would have imagined that within a year, I mean, less than a year, you know, my goal is to actually close out the year at six figures. And it looks like that, that very well could happen because my pipeline is full and but that took a year of not seeing a single deal, not a single deal in a year, but I, I knew, I knew what my life was like now, which wasn't bad, but I knew that if I could just get a little taste of closing a deal and I can reaffirm that this this business is real, there was no turning back. So just take action and just stay the course. Don't worry about the people that are closing in two weeks, that are closing. Kong, it took you what, six months? You said oh, six
0: months, nine months? Heck yeah, it is. <laughs> you months, know? Bro.
1: Yeah, so don't worry about the checks you have seen on, on Facebook groups that they're saying they're closing in two weeks and two months. But a lot of people like us, that did take a very long time. But I promise you, once you do close that first deal, you will realize how real this business is and how much it can really change your life, you know. And so that's, that's my best advice to anyone just starting out.
0: Boom, I love that bro. So for those of you who don't know, man, Elijah, thank you so much for the kind word, man. and obviously, um, thank you on the Friday live Co call role play. For those of you who don't know, I'm doing it every single Friday, 9 a.m Pacific Standard, where I get on a call with one of you, all right, and then I'll give you some feedback, some tips on what you can help you improve on your call because to me, talking to seller is the number one skill set man that you need to learn and you need to master because that's what's going to separate you from the rest of the other investor, right? How you talk to them, how you communicate, how you build a rapport, okay? And how you negotiate. The better you are at negotiating, I'm telling you, man, the better the deals that you can get, okay? So anyways, if you wanna join me, it's every single Friday on YouTube, all right? 9 a.m. Pacific standards. If you haven't followed me on Instagram, hit me up on IG, go to Kong K-H-A-N-G dot, like a period. Now, if you need help talking to seller, negotiating with the seller, you don't have to handle rebuttals, objections, or anything like that. Maybe that's that's your weakness. Or maybe you have never closed a deal over the phone before where you don't need to see the seller, right? You don't need to see the property. Dude, I'll show you exactly how to do that in the King Kong seller script. Best investment I promise you that you ever made. It is the game changer. Because once I know how to talk to seller, bro, that's when, my, that, that's when my, my business went to the next level, okay? The link is in the descriptions. Anyway, Elijah, I wanna say thank you so much, bro, for coming on and share with everybody your stories, and your first time wholesale deal, truly appreciate it. Until next time, you guys, take care and ciao, bro.